everyone, and welcome back to the Dog Show Drive with Wayne and Will. I'm Wayne Kavanaugh. And I'm Will Alexander. Don't forget your snow tires. It's snowing now. So. That's right. Get them changed on there. But everybody should do it. Even if you live in Florida, you never know these days. Yeah. All right. We have a show today talking about Orlando, of course, the new virus, the mystery virus, and a couple of insights to the inside workings of the decisions of judges. <laughs> Articulate judges. <laughs> who know how to pronounce it. All that some more. people have a way with words, and some people <laughs> not have a way, I guess. All that and more right here <laughs> on the Dog Show Drive. Well, good morning, young William. How are we up there, bud? I'm I'm good, Wayne. I, I I almost wore a mask in this morning's broadcast because I have a bit of a stuffy nose, and I don't want to get anybody else sick. You know. Yeah, we don't want to have that. I've had I had a pretty good whop of it myself. A um, couple of weeks, couldn't get rid of it. Still feeling a little peaked, but um, I feel fine. I'm just really stuffy. I'm I'm just hoping it's because I I'm using more heat or something in the house because it's it's cold up here right now. Yeah. yeah. Get one of those. Do you have a de? Uh, I not a dehumidifier. Humidifier. Humidifier. Yeah, I used to just put a pot of water on my wood stove, and that was great. But yeah, yeah, they have a safer one now. Well, I know. <laughs> you can get them in the little shape of like a whale for kids for babies' rooms oh, with a little thing, and you could that could make you happy during it. You could look over and see, you know, Fudgy the whale. Well, not Fudgy. He would melt. That's a ice cream thing. <laughs> Moby. Moby. Yeah, I'm sure we're really railing him in with this interesting, fascinating talk about our nose snot. But you <laughs> <laughs> went to some dog shows this weekend. Dog I shows. Went to, I went to the L.C. Murray dog show out in, in Calgary. It was uh... that was Murray? L.C. <laughs> Murray is the name of the cat. Oh, I thought L.C. Murray had a dog. I don't know. <laughs> no, that was L.C. John Nichols, and uh, it, it, he, he was the one that invited me out there. Uh, it was a great show. It was a great show. We had a. Uh, okay. Uh, Laurent Pichard, Barbara Mueller, uh, Richard, uh, John Ramirez, uh, our dear friend, Dr. Michael Woods. Yes, the best <laughs> man. And every time I said, I always call him doctor and he, yeah. he, he, he gets annoyed with me. Stop calling me doctor. <laughs> he's such a good guy. Man, I really like him. I'll tell you, though, I, he's one of those judges I learn something from every time I watch him. Just, Absolutely. I really he's, enjoy him. I really enjoy he him. Should, he should be down here every weekend. Um, he doesn't want to be. He gets tired. Um, he, I guess he had a busy summer, and he he had to actually try to slow things down because he was always gone. Yeah. He gets mad. He's gone all the time. <laughs> yeah, I hear that in my house a little bit. But um, we finally, you know, had some time to do some chores around the house. I was home this weekend. So we we did, you know, winter changeover. Because here in the tundra where Will and I live, uh, you've got to change everything. You get your clothes, your garage, everything's got to, you know, yeah. everything's got to go in storage to the basement or somewhere. But we didn't need the th my three-wheel tricycle, my Barbie one. Didn't need that in the garage anymore, Will. Nope. That one has to work. Now my granddaughter uses it time to time, but I I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> they also had the 
Canadian Professional Handlers Top Dog Awards this weekend, too. Oh, yeah. Did you win? Well, I, the Irish Center placed eighth last year, so he got an award, yeah. 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 So Beauty. I, I accept the award, but um, it was it was fun. Sean Nichols and Allison Alexander host. What's that? Did you, you I was going to say, did you host and then give yourself the award? Or has... No, no, I didn't host this year. So I, mm-hmm. I, uh, I, my Allison Alexander hosted, co-hosted with Sean Nichols this year. Oh, good. And it yeah. was fun. We had a lot of fun. And it ran late and it was put on by CPHA, what it's basically put on, I guess, Canadian Professional Handlers Association. It's Shannon Shear pretty well runs the whole thing. You know, she yeah. she puts a lot of work into it. And it's it's a lot of fun. And I got to sit at the judges table this year because I was on the panel with everybody else. So it's amazing. Like, like I didn't judge that day. I flew in that day and then I, and I sat at the table. And it was great to see all the dog, all the dog winner, the people, and, the, and Shannon puts together a beautiful PowerPoint with all the dogs. And, yeah, but so did we you, started did... at seven o'clock and didn't end till eleven o'clock, and then these poor judges had to judge at eight a.m. the next morning. I'm sure they were a little tired. You know, I'm an eight thirty at night guy for when I judge. Eight thirty, I want to be in the bed. Well, that's so terrible. Well, used, that's when we used to go out. Was eight thirty. <laughs> That's when we started to go out. <laughs> in my awards, like I'm in my acceptance of Johnny's, or Johnny's award for number eight dog. I, that's what I said. I said the Irish Setters ha- had pro- proven one thing to me now, showing the Irish Setter this year, is that I can do anything at all that a young person can do, as long as but there's new parameters, as long as it's after six a.m. and before eight thirty p.m. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Now you sat at the judges' table this year. Did you sit, previously sit at the kids' table? The little, you yeah, know, like so the kids' table kids, last year. A folding yeah. table in the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nice. They'd nice. fan over me once in a while, and yeah. and and I don't mind because like everybody knows me, right? And then sometimes I get I get uh, you know ribbed about certain things about being older or being what's the what's the good term not for not being as as tall as everybody else sometimes and i thought this year that's not gonna happen because i'm gonna be at the judges table because there it still happens it still yes, happens <laughs> oh yeah it still happens. that's all right i got big shoulders for a guy my size started on your back what are you gonna do bud that's what happens when you're popular that's yeah. the mother used to tell me that when i was in high school anyway um i'm heading de- well actually i'm heading down to see brody this weekend in maryland Sharon and I are flying down to say hello. Come on back, pack, repack, and head to Orlando. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a big week. Yeah, yeah, it's a big week. And, you know, there's so much to it. Uh, the Saturday show is the big deal, I guess. Um, but mo- mo- many people that go <laughs> don't stay for Saturday because you're there since Tuesday. And there are shows Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, all specialties Friday, and then the show Saturday. There may be a show Sunday. I don't know. But, no, it's, um, it's, uh, Sunday is the other half of the groups. They do the first three groups on Saturday. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then they finalize yeah. on... I kind of remember that, yeah. So what happens is if you sign up for seminars especially, you're there Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday doing seminars, and you are toast by then. Oh, I'm you sure. You just want to go home. And if you sign up for all the seminars, I meaning every time slot, in three days you can go to nine of them. Or four days you can go to I whatever it is you think it sounds like a great idea, but by the afternoon session you're hearing blah 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 Sparky you're just not retaining you know yeah. so um, but I had I went ahead and, and paid and booked 
all of these seminars for the whole week, hoping that the judging schedule would would allow me because they spread judges, you know. Well, yeah, because you're judging this year as well as taking the seminars. That's gonna. Yeah, and but it's not working out. So <laughs> there's only one day of the of the three uh, the, where I'm not judging. There's a seminar. Uh, I have a late start, I have a, a noon start or something on the one day, so I can take the morning one. But other than that, uh, Friday, uh, it's all specialties. I'm not judging that day, so I can take two seminars that day. Um, and I enjoy those. I've already taken the Irish Water Spaniel seminar there, but I'm going to take it again. Why not? I'm there. Yeah. And you can always learn. Um, of course. So, I, I did that with the Wolfhounds. I, when I, I did the online seminar with uh, CDJA, and then I did the kennel visit with Jocelyn. I enjoyed them. Yeah. They were both put on by Jocelyn, so I enjoyed both of them. Well, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. We Actually, did she do? She did. She did the seminar that I went to at the National like five years ago. I'm sure she did, and she did a great job. Yeah, we really, really enjoyed and, and so we have to go to a bunch of those, right? We have to do a few mentoring sessions, at kennel visits, and uh, a ring apprentice, in ring apprentice, and, and the big seminars and all that for each breed. And uh, I've been doing some online uh, with you know one on ones or two on ones. You get two judges sometimes. You can get one mentor, and it's interesting. I find that um, usually if I do it with another judge who I respect, I haven't asked her for permission, but, but when I wanted to tell you, but when I do it together, um, we end up hanging up except for the, you know, hang up on the mentor and the two of us will then discuss what we heard. And that's really, and, and I have to tell you, to be very honest, there's plenty of times when, um, I think Ooh, I can help. Sorry. <laughs> I can, bless you. I think I can help, um, uh, uh, augment the mentor's presentation. Well, yeah, and, and let's just face it. I, I think if you and I went to a seminar, which we did, yeah, in Newfoundland, and we talked about it afterwards, I think we absorbed more because you and I bounced things off each other. And Absolutely. Things we, one of us missed, the other one caught. Because I tend to, you know, stray off sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I do too, and some of them are really good. Um, and but I can, I mean. To be honest with you, a lot of these uh, judges, education mentors that have volunteered and do this, do it out of the goodness of their heart. And I'm sure they love and know their breed, but they're not real good at presenting the information. Or quite frankly, I don't think they're qualified to present that breed. And um, that can be, you know, you get your point, uh, but you've got to go beyond. If you just do what you have to do, uh, for example, I'm going to call uh, a, a breed I just did recently. I mean, a couple weeks ago. I have all the points I need, but I didn't learn a thing. And I'm going to call two people that I know that aren't qualified on the approved mentor list that I know, know a whole lot more than the person I talked to. And I'll, I'm not going to need points for that, but um, I'm cer I certainly want to talk to them then. You know, I had it. It's like that in real life, though. And it's like, it's like I, I have mechanics and my, my, my mechanic is amazing. And it's because he stays up to date all the time. He always goes that extra mile. So he's always a better mechanic than anybody else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's like that in our job, too. So, and, you know, we do talk, you know, uh, if I have a, an assignment where, you know, there were some things that, uh, that were close calls or whatever, and I want to discuss them, I'll call somebody in that breed and go over them. 
And some people, oh, you judges shouldn't be talking about the dogs you put up. Yeah, we should. How do you think we learn or continue to learn or, get, or at least get a different opinion so that we can process our opinions? I had it always used to be so. Yeah, I did a, uh, I, I took, is that the word now? Uh, there was a mentor that shared their information with two of us, me and this other judge. And, uh, it, and she's new. And at the end, she said, boy, I thought I was going to really struggle with this particular breed shape. And at the end, uh, we talked and she said, uh, this isn't really that hard. <laughs> we already know fronts and rears. Right. And that's so important. We already know what balance is. We already know the parts. Just give me the three things that are <laughs> the three things about your breed that define them as a breed. And, and usually that's a big start for a new judge. Um, like this person. And really, you know, there are certain breeds you just say this, this, and this. And then, yeah, the basic dog thing. And if you don't know the basic dog thing by now, all the little bits aren't going to give you what you need anyway, right? You'll pick up those three essential, you know, head shape, tail shape, I don't know, whatever it might be. And you'll start judging only on that and you'll miss the whole dog. And that happens a lot with new judges. It certainly judges. does, you know. I, I found myself a victim of that as well, like being too, almost being too breed specific in certain areas and yep. forgetting about other things. Exactly. And, and I have to stop and shake myself out there. Mm -hmm. like, oh, well. Stop. And, I, and I think when you first start judging, that's not unusual at all because you're just learning those breeds. So this, those little bits, those subtleties are in your head and you know, you're going to get tested on them too. They're in your head. And then you're so hyper-focused on them that you might miss the whole dog. And, that's just one of those things, you know, we all do it. Um, and we do it, we don't even, it's not like you stop doing it. There'll be a day in a certain breed in a certain day in a specialty maybe where all of a sudden you find yourself focusing on only those three things like, whoa, self-correct, you know, <laughs> I got to get back into the whole dog. And then there's days where you're just like, you know what, this breed, yeah, there's plenty of type in this, in this ring. Um, this one is beautiful that this one's beautiful that but none of them can move and i'm sick of it this is a breed that has to have some locomotion and has to be sound and today i i, I understand that these have great breed type and i would look really cool if i went with them but if i can only put two fingers between their front legs <laughs> you know and they can't keep their top line when they're moving and they're wider behind than in front when they're supposed to be the opposite or whatever it might be once in a while, I'm going to go, you know what? And sometimes I do that, Will, to almost make a statement that no one's hearing. But in my head, right. I'm saying, I'm evaluating breeding stock. You have all these beautiful parts over here. They're beautiful. I appreciate the gorgeous ears. I mean, beautiful. I appreciate those things. I know about them. I appreciate them. But you all should be breeding this dog over here, this good, honest dog. You know, who, and, and that's sort of my statement. You know, I'm saying, here's one that can move down and back and from the side, keeping its shape, keeping its top line, great character and temperament. And yeah, maybe could a little use a little more work under the eyes. Maybe you could use a little better ear. And I know those things help define your breed. Uh, and I wish that your dogs move like this or this dog had your finer points of breed type. So those are decisions you have to make. And sometimes you regret after. You're like, man, I should have made a statement. And but you're in there to judge them and you're in there to evaluate breeding stock. And sometimes... Especially at, at a specialty where you've got a lot of dogs 
in that breed that have a similar fault or set of faults. And then after a while, you're just done with that original set of faults. And you're really trying to make the point that from a breeder standpoint, I can tell you what Annie used to do. I've seen her done it more than did it. I've seen her do it more than once. At the Pointer National, she put up a what people would call a common dog, uh, a boring dog with great movement, great soundness, and enough features of breed type yeah. for a winner's dog. For reserve, she put up a dog that could barely walk, that, that had a most incredible head and tail, um, which in pointers, you know, one's the hallmark of the breed and the other one is the certificate of blue blood. Uh, she knew and she wanted to tell you, I know how beautiful this dog is and head and tail, the important points in this breed, but he's got to go reserve. I know he looks nothing like my winner's dog. I know that. But she was confident enough to do it, Will. She was confident enough to do it and hope that people, or maybe not even hope, maybe even just do it and say, I'm going to reward these whole dogs who might be missing a little bit, not a lot, in breed type. And I'm going to show you that I know about the cripple ones that have breed type for reserve. And you should be thinking about these two things in this breed. I thought it was brilliant. Most people were like, when is she doing? They don't look alike. She's not consistent. I thought she was very consistent in what she was doing. Well, we had that kind of situation this, this weekend with, with uh, Dr. Woods and I, and it, well, it was Brittany's, and there was two dogs, and they're both nice dogs, but one was a little more typey than the other one, and uh, well, one could really travel well, really travel well, it was really sound, and uh, it was a nice size. He was typey enough, but he, the other dog maybe had a little more type than him, and Dr. Wood, after he finished judging, he put up the, the dog that traveled really well he said to me that the other dog had more type but this dog had enough type and this dog had typey movement mm -hmm. and he said yeah. he said i'm a hunter will i've i shot over lots of dogs and he said if i was taking one of those two out i was taking this one out with me that's, that's a wonderful you always say too but him yeah you know, yeah michael in labrador he does go and do these things <laughs> i'm not getting through any kind of field uh even an open prairie with a springer that I can't fit two fingers between its front legs, um, as pretty as it is as a springer. But, you know, these are decisions you make, and that's why it's different. If you can talk about them after, like, of course, Michael would with you, that's brilliant. That's such a great education, that one little sentence. Oh, yeah. that's I terrific. did the same now, thing, and I did it for different reasons, but he explained himself. It was really yes. it for me in my head. Yep. Now, if that beautiful movement isn't breed specific if it's moving beautifully because it's long right that's that's not it that's not what we're talking about here that is not what we're talking about you've got to be built like that breed and then also have the structure to move with balance in a top line we're not talking about putting them up when they're long and low just because they can run fast in fact that's the opposite of what we're talking about right i hate that um if in fact if i've got a really poor mover uh, who's the better making shape. And I've got one of those that's just has no real breed type and is long and low, but runs around the ring fast. I'll, I'll take a chance on the one that isn't very good on its legs or not into it that day. Or I, that doesn't bother me at all. Um, decisions you have to make, and there's lots of them. Now, decision making, the process of just being able to make a decision, that's a big part of it. 
it was it was fun it was fun talking with all these judges this weekend because we all talked about certain things like that and one of the topics was with this one of the judges back themselves into a corner there were two dogs that they quite liked there was one they preferred it wasn't this weekend it was they're talking mm-hmm. about an example of prior judging and they went into it thinking i'm gonna put this orange one up over this pink one because i type wise and and then the orange one was having a good day and they made the mistake of taking the orange one around the ring with the pink one and the pink one out moved and then he backed himself into a corner because everybody's watching. He could obviously see the pink one was out moving the orange one. Yeah. And, they, and then they said, he, they said later on that if they had to redo it, they would have stopped, <laughs> moved them enough to, you know, to judge soundness and whatnot. But yeah, you've got to learn that lesson. You got to run your ring to do what you want to do. And in fact, uh, in a case recently where I had a really good moving dog with enough type and a beautiful uh, bitch with tons of type, but wasn't great in her legs, I made it sure why I was doing it by moving the two of them together at the end. Uh, sometimes you've just got to do that. And sometimes just pointing them standing still for that that same reason. Oh, that's uh, interesting. Uh, I remember Maxine Dean did the Iris International one year. And she pulled out two bitches and ran them around the ring and ran them around the ring and then put this bitch over here. And she brought the two boys that she liked. And one one was a little typier than the other one, but the other one had legs on it. Well, she didn't move them. She just of let them stand not. there. Just let them stand there. <laughs> you could see what she was doing right away. Now, I know you were talking about Irish setters because when you said orange and pink. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't talking about Irish. No. <laughs> Uh, you were well, that's the colors we see these days and i hate it <laughs> i was just trying to make something up that was uh, see it just came in your mind specific <laughs> yeah, i would i would say that will and i both prefer the real color irish setter we don't want to see orange and terracotta and pink and whatever else they're showing well yeah. i just remember i i i had my when i was showing dogs i remember at the combined specialty i went to ringside with the with the, my assistants because they wanted to talk about our setters because we had a bit of a break and three dogs walked in the ring and two were orange and one was mahogany i said well that's an easy class there's only one iris setter out there well it went third <laughs> didn't look like the others <laughs> yeah. one of these things doesn't look like the others well, again, you know, Orlando, 5,700 entries plus, and even, you know, on the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I think they're over 5,000 that might hit their limit on those days too. Um, so you look at the judging panels, a lot of judges, but man, one of the reasons you get a good panel, I mean, a good entry is because you have good judges. And I think people forget that. Uh, it's small shows even. Um, you're doing a show down here. One of the reasons they're going to draw big is because it's a good panel. In spite of you being on the panel, um, they're still going to draw a big panel. It happens here. Not have any top dogs. <laughs> no, it's a good panel that they put together, and you're going to, you know, it'll be a good entry. And I, people aren't going to spend their money. We talked how about how expensive it was uh, last podcast to show a dog, and you're not, you're just not going to take your chance. Um, Brody's such a good test case. He'll call and say, what about this judge? And I'm like, you can go, you'll probably win, but I'm not sure you want their opinion. Um, you know, why would you spend your money? You know, you want to feel good about winning under somebody that you respect. Um, yeah, it's not cheap. And actually that came up yesterday in a conversation when we're, since we spoke about 
uh, how expensive it is and how tough it is to retain people in the sport because of that. This person was saying the AKC is working hard to bring in uh, these 4-H kids and um, people with these, you know, sort of crossbred things to participate in this event and that, uh, or these new breeds. Um, and I, I, it just dawned on me, do those people have enough money to stay in the sport? You know, we talked about 4-H kids and junior showmanship in that project. And I had reservations for on two parts. One, are they going to feel, especially in juniors, are they going to feel like part of the gang? Because they're, they're teenagers, they're wicked. And the other is, are their parents going to say, it costs what? To go, to take you to shows every weekend? I can buy a soccer ball and a pair of cleats and you can go every weekend. I only have to drive 10 minutes. And you're involved in something with other kids in a sport. I've got to buy you a, a crate and a van and a grooming table and a tack box and, also, <laughs> and pay entry fees. Uh, and and grooming fees. And, yeah, 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 yeah. So you can go third and fourth. Uh, yeah. <laughs> find another sport. It's a tough one. We got to work on the retention. And I don't know how you do it, uh, except make it a pleasant experience. This person I was having the conversation with said, this is pretty interesting. She was new. She came in with a uh, unusual breed. She won the breed at the garden and in Orlando. She was in the group and she said, no one who I was. And I had this odd breed and they were all having little conversations and chatting in the ring. And I just stood there by myself thinking, am I accepted? Am I odd, the odd person out here? Uh, which makes sense, you know, she just didn't feel like part of it. And she's very determined and stuck with it. And now everybody knows who she is. But you have to go through that layer too. You hope that people are nice to you. Do we have time to do that? Are we, I was always that guy in school, in grade school, high school, whatever, that if there was a kid who was sitting by himself, they got invited to the cool table by me or one of the other cool. Well, kids. you thought was the cool table anyway, right? Well, it was the kids' table for Thanksgiving. It wasn't really cool. No, we did think it was a cool <laughs> table, uh, but even if it wasn't, if there were more than three people there, we invited that kid over. And I'm, I'm, I hope that that you're inviting the cool kids over when you're at dog shows. I mean, the uncool kids or the new people, the new because people, it's, yeah. it's long. You'd be there with five thousand people and no one's talking. You're like, this is a weird feeling. We don't know that because we grew up in it, really. You know? uh, we don't. I, I get to a dog show nowadays, and there's there's such a revolving door now that I, sometimes I don't know some of the people at the shows. Oh, I don't know. And uh, I was sitting with my buddy Colin, and, and I wandered off. I said, I can go see where the cool people are, Colin. I walked around, I wandered around for a half an hour, came back, and said, well, I said, we're right here. We are the cool people. <laughs> In our eyes, we were. It's true. It's true. But I'd love to find someone just fumbling and not knowing where they're going and, and just stop and say hello or something because those things go a long way. You oh, know, um, in business, I've, I've had the receptionist, I always made it clear, you are the first point of contact for this company. And if, you're give, if you are pleasant when someone comes in and uh, show them the spirit and show them how much you love the place, they're going to feel that. That might be their only connection with this business. And it sets everything. And it's the same as true as dog shows. If you walk in your first day and someone's nice to you, it sets a whole tone. It sets a whole tone. 
Yeah, no question. Uh, so you know, yeah, I hope it's it's, a, it's it's interesting because I one time I was walking through a dog show in Muskoka, and there was this gentleman having trouble with his cocker spaniel, and he had the lead on backwards, and he ended it all. St I just stopped and fixed it and pointed in the right direction, told him a few little yeah. things, and then I carried on because I had to go to ringside. Yeah, that man called me. He was my client for ten years after that. Wow. He Isn't owned that... about three or four number one dogs that I showed and all because I wow. stopped to help them. Right. Isn't that cool? It helps people and it helps. And if you don't have the time for that, they're not going to have the time to come back and you're not going to have a sport with more than three people in it. So think about that. Ask not what your country can do for you. <laughs> Ask what you can do for your country. And what you can do for your country is reach out and help somebody and be nice to them. Um, get out of your mindset of I've got to win these points or I can't be number one and stop and and um, try to keep somebody in the sport. And you can do that by there you go. Oh, just simple little acts of, of kindness, you know. Yeah. yeah. Just even interest in them. That's all it takes. It is. Yeah. You know, you uh, a situation where uh, I saw a grandmother bring their their kid and the grandmother was just being the ride and she was just being nice to the kid. And, uh, you know. You can see that. You can see that. And, and I, you want to make sure that that kid knows he's he belongs here. And yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Oh, no question. If you can take the time, do it and you should make time, darn it. But what, what's happening on your, what have you heard about this uh, canine flu? Going on? No, there's a, there's a Facebook group about it. Yeah. And this concerns me <laughs> because you've got, 500 people giving their personal opinion and asking questions like, uh, my dog has this symptom, this symptom, this symptom, what should I do? Oh, I know, you should call the vet, not ask a bunch of random people on Facebook <laughs> who has zero scientific experience or veterinary medical experience. Uh, <laughs> That's you know, not the norms. They Everybody, everybody on Facebook and social media is, a, is an expert in some topic that they oh, yeah. never yeah. <laughs> studied for. <laughs> I heard that 50,000 dogs died at uh, the dog park in my neighborhood. No, you didn't. And oh, uh, my neighbor's dog is sick. Well, maybe it's because it's sick. There's about 10 billion viruses out there. Yeah. Floating around. Yeah. I don't know, Will. I don't know what to believe because I don't know enough about it. And by the way, neither do most people, including your veterinarian. They're learning too. Uh, but I can tell you one thing. My vet said this has been around for a couple of years now. And it's a really bad form of Kalikoff. Then you'll talk to another vet who says, eh, it's no big deal. Then you'll talk to another vet who says, oh, my God, they're all going to die. So, yes, you can have your veterinary testimonies on your Facebook group, right? But they don't even agree. Exactly. So, you know what I did this morning? I asked chat GPT. Did you really? <laughs> I did. I, you, I got you hooked. You're using the chat. You got me hooked. <laughs> and, and, and she, I guess it's just she, I don't know. As of my last knowledge update in January 20, 2022, there were different strains of canine influenza, primarily H3N8 and H3N2. These viruses can cause respiratory illness in dogs. However, the information might have changed since then. For the latest updates on canine flu, it's recommended to consult recent veterinarian sources or other official health organizations. That's what she that's said. And that's true. That sums yep. it up right there. Uh, she didn't even know what she was saying. She was just having words follow words. That's what ChatGP does, but she did it well, or he, whoever. She's smart, so it's probably a she. But but uh, you just have to use your own judgment. 
it's going to be interesting to see if 5,700 dogs show up in Orlando or five. I don't think there's going to be as many absentees as we think, uh, but we'll find out. Yeah, it's don't set your dogs up back to back in crates. You know, give yourself some space. Um, we've got the judges have all gotten letters saying don't go near their bites and don't re-examine and um, all these things. And if you do have to re-examine, you know, sanitize your hands between dogs and all that stuff. Um, everyone's just gonna have to do what they can do. But this kennel cough goes through dog shows too. And oh. does everyone get it? No. Do you want to be a dog that gets it? No. So it's a personal choice. Right, it is. And it's, it's also just like when, when we're having the, the COVID epidemic, well, still, but when we were all, mm -hmm. it's just a matter of being timely about things and being cautious about things. Yeah, and, and we do know how little we knew in the beginning of COVID. And we should be aware that we know so little about this new one yeah. that you just have to take precautions and do what you do. Uh, you know, with that said, if if you go to if you go to these shows and have your dogs vaccinated and talk to your vet about what else you can do um, and take your chances, that's up to you. But I can tell you that just a couple of weeks ago, there was a pretty big entry in Philadelphia for the National Dog Show. And so far, I haven't heard of any dogs that have gotten sick from that or any handlers whose whole string have gotten wiped out. In fact, somebody posted, has anybody gotten sick from there? And I think one person said, maybe uh, my dog got a respiratory thing, but it could be anything. It's fine. Yeah, so sure. if that's an indicator, if shouldn't be a problem. If it's not an indicator and these things have evolved during different regions, because they are seem to be regional specific, who knows? I'm not taking my dog to the city dog park. I can tell you that. You know? <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, we, we talked, it's just a side we talked about the canine flu and you gave me your opinions and then when i asked chat gpt she almost gave me the same opinion does that mean your chat gpt <laughs> i've been very busy will that's all i can say i've been very very busy i don't want to go any farther than that <laughs> actually just curious you know i don't want I'm to expose right you or anything but yeah, I'm not like even Batman. <laughs> this is a hologram of me. I don't even exist. This is like the Wizard of Oz. Pull back the curtain. <laughs> it is pretty fascinating, but but I can, there's one thing for sure. I can never write anything and hand it in, and no one would think it was me because it just, just doesn't have my voice at all. It sounds like a computer. Um, That's amazing it. how fast it is. Isn't that the crazy part? And it's just like I punched in because I, I just started because it probably because of you. And I, I punched in, what, well, what should I ask you? And she said, anything you want. And I said, how about this? And <laughs> you, have, you say, write a short story uh, or write 500 words. Uh, I want to write a story about a fireman that found a dog and then went to the dry cleaner. One minute later, there you go. It's incredible. It's frightening. <laughs> it's right maybe it's arnold schwarzenegger it could be but we've been using ai forever yeah i mean every time you order a package <laughs> from amazon it's ai all over it i liked it better will when ai stood for artificial insemination 
<laughs> I got that. I understood that very carefully. I knew how that worked. I knew why it worked, and I knew how to do it. <laughs> so yeah, this is a more complicated AI for sure. Every, when I first started to hear it, I'm like, "Why are scientists breeding dogs? <laughs> why are computer guys? They talk about." But <laughs> there you have it. Did you get your Spotify list from Facebook? Do I get my Spotify list from Facebook? Mm. Evidently, people have been posting that uh, Spotify says that this is what they've been listening to the most. And they'll list their top 10 or whatever it is, bands that they've been listening to. And then the top five or 10 songs that they've been listening to. And that's AI collecting your data. And... Um, crunching the numbers through these algorithms and spitting it out. Wow. And if you happen to be, if you listen to a lot of Bruce Springsteen, might be number one. Could be number two, because maybe you listen to it on a different medium, right? E Street, uh, Sirius Radio, and, or something like that. So it's very specific, Will. I know what I listen to. Uh, podcasts. I don't really listen to as much music as I used to anymore. Even though that's my thing, right, as a musician. Um, I do have times when i turn on i just ask alexa to play me stuff oh okay. and, and she's a pretty good player she can play almost every instrument yeah. um very well it's, it's it always freaks me out though when you, you talk you we start they say we're talking about the toronto maple leafs and then next thing you know your social media is filled with toronto maple leaf things it always mm -hmm. freaks me out a bit oh yeah oh yeah you know i gotta go out and rake some leaves honey it's gonna you know <clears throat> i'm gonna get out there and clean up some fall stuff Two minutes later, rates for sale. What? Yeah, that's the scary part of AI. And they say it doesn't work that way, but mm, I don't know. Pretty coincidental, in my opinion. Yes. Pretty coincidental. Um, <clears throat> so so you're, you're off to... Off to see the Broadster. What's that? Yeah, off to see the Broadster in Maryland yep. and Margaret. Uh, Cheryl and I are flying down very short weekend. It's just been a while and um, we have enough points to use by the end of the year. Um, so we're going down there, hit the hit the aquarium in Baltimore, um, see some fish, see what kind of balance they have. They have the right ears. I'll check out their ears. <laughs> My old cocker client used to show fish. Is that right? <laughs> I don't know how you get the lead on them. Anyway, um, <laughs> This they weekend at home, we have... They give them too much, if they give them too much bait, will they die? The fish. Remember, if you yeah. feed them too much, they die? Yeah. <laughs> this week at home, we have uh, the Brantford Kennel Club. And that used to be, when I growing up, that used to be our last show of the year. It used to be the Christmas Classic at Brantford Kennel Club. And that was the end until we didn't have other shows in Canada until March, until the Sportsman Show, back in, when I was a child. But Branford Kennel Club was always run by Bob and Irene Gillum. Now, we lost Bob a few years back. Um, and he was the, Bob Gillum was the first person to ever groom a dog for us. And we got our, our first show dog. We went to Bob Gillum's and he he and his wife, Bob did the grooming, but Irene sort of oversaw and, and talked the dog because they didn't know what kind of crazy dog they were getting. So she was there to keep the dog together while Bob trimmed it. Well, Irene, Mrs. Gillum, she passed away just this year. So they're having a, a memorial tour this weekend in uh, the Bradford Kennel Club. And she's been a part of my life uh, 
unbelievable, like forever. And I don't know if you remember, yeah, you probably don't, but I had a, a tie bar on with an A on it when Miss P won, won the garden. And it was from Mrs. Gillum. She'd given to me. Oh, yeah. Cool. So it's, 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 uh, it's, I, I, I think, I, I don't think, she, I think her, I think her maiden name must have started with an A because I think she told me it was an old family heirloom and she wanted me to have it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I'll have to find out for sure. But, um, yeah, that's, that's going to be a, I do remember it. And I thought you were a Salem witch. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. So that's, it's a, it's it's going to be great talking about them again because they were so important to this area, but it, it's also kind of a sad thing. It's kind of an end, yeah. end of an era for us all. So in this area, it'll be nice. They're going to do something a little memorial thing or dedicated to. Yeah, that'll be nice. Yeah, those people. You know, you put your whole life into this thing, and it's nice to be recognized because they certainly did, and uh, and many others have as well. Uh, I think there's some dedications coming up in Orlando, and I, I oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I feel bad. I don't remember them off the top of my head, but uh, I know we lost some good ones, and certainly um, at Philadelphia, same thing. So, yeah, we, you know, it's a sport that people put their entire lives in. It's nice to be recognized. And it's, it's, when Mr. G passed away, like I, I was, I was close to them, Mr. Gillum, and Mrs. G sent me a package in the mail, and I, I may have told you this story, but I opened it up, and it was a. It was from Mrs. Cheever Porter. It was it was Mr. Wow. It was it was it was uh, letters back and forth from yeah. Bob Gillum to Mrs. Cheever Porter because he wanted to breed to old boy. <laughs> yeah. So I got he got all these I got pedigrees and these. It was just it was just interesting historical thing that she thought I should have and I have it now and I have these letters, the Towski pictures and yeah, it was great. This is a part of the sport that if you haven't been in for ninety years like Will and I. They were clients back then. Mrs. Cheever Porter was the ultimate, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. What a backer and an owner was. Um, there weren't 15 owners. The dog was owned by Mrs. Cheever Porter. And she had a, a, a wonderful interest in the sport. She wasn't breeding dogs, uh, but she certainly loved her dogs. And mostly Irish setters. And when I was at Forsyth's, uh, Janie would find her a new Irish setter. Mrs. Porter would arrive and she'd have one of us, usually me, setting up the old setter, Janie setting up the new one, and she'd stand between us and she wore white gloves and she would go right down and examine both virus setters. I'm not sure what she was looking for. It didn't matter, but she knew what she liked and she would give the nod. Yes, we'll I'll back this one. And then as if we weren't there, it was always the results were always in the New York Times, Walter Fletcher's column on Monday morning after the dog shows, which were always held on Saturday and Sunday. And she would clip out the article about her win and the results and mail it to us just in case we didn't know. <laughs> it, that's how interested she was. Now we have five owners, three backers, 15. Are they even? It's just a different world. And now we got a bunch of judges signing on the dogs for ownership and a, a posse of you know, 15 people. It, it's, it's, I, I guess it takes a village now. It must take a village because Mrs. Porter could afford it. And maybe now we don't have as many of those people. So you do need to put a bunch of people together uh, to make Isn't there it. there even a dedicated field to her Porter Acres? 
quarter acres. That was the big giant chain link paddock down the on the other end of the kennel. It was you had to walk your dogs down to it, which Bob loved because you know you had to walk them down there. You don't want these kennels where you just flop in and out, and no one touches them. Uh, and that's where the greyhounds ran, and the smooth fox terriers, and boxers, and whatever else he wanted to throw in there and see if they got along and run. But it was on a hill too; it wasn't wasn't flat at all. And that would give those greyhounds, boy, they would just love it down there running around. All the breeds did. And sometimes when the smooth fox terrier puppies were down there, when you go get them and bring them back, half their ears were torn off. You had to stitch them back together and stick them in the heel a little bit because they're getting little scraps down there. (laughs) (laughs) But never any harm or foul. Never. Uh, They knew knew what to put together down there. But we bred, well, bred and whelped a lot of smooth fox terrier puppies for the ferals. And that was part of your education growing up, you know, before you ever made it to 21 years of age, you probably well 20 litters. Uh, and they were, you know, a breed. I experienced the education you received because of it though. So it's, yeah, we have I don't fall back on it. Cause I always bring it back up again. I want to hear about it. So. <laughs> we don't have any Mrs. Porters anymore. Not really. No, uh, she was so, so specifically cool and unique and, a grandwoman, you know, a real lady. And um, we have great backers now, uh, but they're different cut of cloth. It's a different world. And there's usually a team of them. Uh, boy, you, <clears throat> when I look at some of the collect five, six names on a dog, and then, of course, it's a bitch. And then we breed a litter. They're all breeders all of a sudden. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Somebody's never even seen a dog, uh, never even known a dog that was in their house. Breeder. Breeder of the Year. Oh, speaking of that, uh, those nominations are in. Yes. And that's the award is given. And um, boy, there's some dandies, some real good oh, ones. Yes. And I'm looking forward to uh, Luke. Luke uh, is nominated for uh, Breeder of the Year for a toy group. I got I got a call, Luke, because I saw a post that he's uh, yeah, he's in the hospital. In the hospital. So yeah, I hope. Nice. We're supposed to pick up a puppy friday um i hadn't even thought well, of that i'll make sure things move forward anyway but hmm. well, he's repairing himself yeah yeah jeez we need luke we gotta have our luke back. <laughs> uh our my financial advisor's driving down there to uh, pick up a puppy friday so hope all's well uh looking forward to having a, a good looking she'd see on the neighborhood anyway um that's going to be a fun trip. It's an exhausting trip. If you've never been and you're going to do all this, no matter if you're 18 or 80, pace yourself. Don't think you're going to be there at eight in the morning and stay till six at night and then go to dinner to 10 at night and make it through the third day. It doesn't work that way. No. You have to pace yourself. It's not just that the damn building is, the building is so enormous that you're going to walk 10,000 steps the first hour just to see. Two. Remember how far it was from Beagles to Pointers and Setters oh, that day? I remember, yeah. We couldn't even find it, never mind run back and forth. And then there's a real hike to the hotels, too. Um, oh, yeah, they're connected by a, a tunnel or a bridge. Good luck finding it and walking it and then getting to your room. It's expansive. And that's why it's so not. And that's another thing about um, the virus there. You can really spread the show out. Uh, if it is nose-to-nose transmission, that's probably airborne, 
you know, don't put your dogs in the situation where there's, you know, look, meet Sparky. Let's sniff noses. Don't do that. You know, yeah. <laughs> you see so much of that. Oh, he's friendly. Uh, doesn't doesn't matter. Yeah, doesn't matter. Not you know, this time of year. You know. Yeah, really. But and of course, for people who care about rankings, not me. Uh, some giants will be made and some giants will be killed um, in just a few peer, in just a few uh, short moments. A blink so. of an eye, numbers change. It's incredible. You know, when you're judging, your breed decisions can determine a whole lot. Oh. And it's not no, you try not, you try to keep those out of your head, but they, they run through them. We, we were talking about that earlier. Yeah, the psychology of that is present. And you've got to be aware of it. Uh, you have to just say, I understand that I'm going to knock this dog off his number one pedestal, uh, but I'm in here to please myself. And tough calls. Just judge the dogs. It's a lot easier. Just judge the dogs. That's all we got to say. Yeah, I think uh, we got to close up shop. I got a place to be, but... Um... Stay safe, guys, and you stay safe. Go on there, Wayner, and say hi to uh, Brody, and have a great time in Maryland. And I sure wish will. I was. I do wish I was going this year to Florida again. I just, I just couldn't make it happen. There's too many things on the go. So great learning opportunities. Yeah, should be fun. And go Leafs. Go Leafs. Go. That's tonight. <laughs> They're playing our favorite Seattle Kraken tonight. Oh. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to wear both jerseys. I know I can wear my cap and my jersey, right? <laughs> All right, bud. All right, everybody out there, please stay safe in the road, and we will see you down the road. Party on, good. No way, way. Better be paying attention, Doc. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Don't Ernie confuse it in the blooper reel. That's right. We love you, <laughs> Don't put that in, Ernie. <laughs> Quit taking yourself so damn seriously. I'm falling <laughs> Some extraordinary data things that are being done around the world. Thanks, 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 Ernie. We didn't mention hockey. Isn't that unbelievable? Put that in, Doc. Yeah, let me see it in my blueprint. Uh, this is good. We're going to be here in a second, Wayner. Don't lose it, Doc. Hot. Hot. Don't use that one, Doc. Don't use that one, Doc.